TII item 322, September 25th, 2014. iOS 8.0.1, kinda. Ben Duh Gate. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII for your free audiobook download. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. To start your free seven-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob, made this song called Nothing Gold with my iPhone 4S using GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, Jeff J. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Zachary for sending in the artwork for today's show. Zachary wrote, Hello, Rob. I used a photo of the new Apple Store in Portland and used the Instasize app to add text to the image. Regards, Zachary S. Well, Zachary, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Zachary's artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 322. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, as more developers reach consumers through platform independent technologies such as HTML5, Apple's App Store could be cut out of the loop as customers gain freedom to transfer their chosen applications from one device to another. Unquote. Michael Holt, CFA, Morningstar, 28th December, 2011. Yeah, not so much. Seems what consumers really wanted was native apps. Always have, most likely always will. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 321, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Dangerous Ivan. We'll be giving those out later this week. For more info on this app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 321. This week, we have promo codes for the app Data Browser for Parse. Here is the review from the dev. My name is Carl Franson and I am the developer of Data Browser for Parse. First of all, as I'm sure many of you do, I love Parse and use it for a lot of my apps. The one problem I have with Parse is that the Data Browser isn't supported by mobile Safari, so when I'm on the go and I need to update some client app data, I can't really use it. So that's why I built this app, the only iOS app that lets you manage your Parse data from your iPhone. And you can add any of your custom classes and then view, edit or delete any of the data on those objects. You can add new columns, that is properties, to a class and of course add new objects to your classes. But there's more. On Friday the 26th a brand new version of this app will be released. This version includes a totally new relation manager that lets you manage both one-to-many and many-to-many relationships between objects. The update will also let you see your user class, a default class added by Parse. So if you use Parse and you want to get truly mobile, Please go ahead and check it out in the App Store. Thank you. 
Thanks to Carl for his review of his app data browser for Parse and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you'd like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Parse in the subject line. First come, first get, because I think he said the 2060 is updating, so i got to give out those promo codes pretty quick. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And let's get into the news. So how did Apple do with the iPhone sales the first weekend? Well, according to Apple, pretty darn well. Over 10 million iPhones were sold in the first three days. Again, this is sales to end user, not channel fill. From our good friend Tim Cook, quote, Sales for the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus exceeded our expectations for the launch weekend, and we couldn't be happier. We would like to thank all of our customers for making this our best launch ever, shattering all previous sell-through records by a large margin. While our team managed the manufacturing ramp better than ever before, we could have sold many more iPhones with greater supply, and we are working hard to fill orders as quickly as possible. Unquote. And this 10 million iPhones sold was done without the iPhone launching in China, like last year, just in nine countries. This Friday, the September 26th, the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus will also launch in the following 22 additional countries. Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Ireland, Isle of Man, Italy, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Portugal, Qatar, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Taiwan, Turkey, and the United Arab Emirates. Again, all those countries get the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus on the 26th of September, and the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus will be available in 115 countries by the end of 2014. So, pretty aggressive rollouts this year. Nothing official yet on when China will get the new iPhones, but word is Apple did finally get regulatory approval for both handsets. Some are speculating Apple would push out the launch of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus in China until early 2015 to get it in one full year after it launched on China Mobile skeptical on that uh, I, I, I don't think they're going to do that I think long term Apple would like to get China as close to launch day as possible and going to early 2015 now for all three carriers in China does not seem to I just I don't seem it fitting with getting China closer to or on launch day for future launches again we'll see that's one of the rumors. We'll see what happens, but my guess is they'll be launching in China before the end of the year. While Apple has not said what the breakdown of sales for the iPhone 6 versus the iPhone 6 Plus is, nor are they ever likely to, Chiktika is reporting it is about 8 to 1 ratio of iPhone 6s to iPhone 6 Pluses. Most of the reason for that skewed ratio is most likely due to supply constraint of the 6 Plus. This info from Chiktika also resulted in the worst graph of the day, where they compared the iPhone 5 to the iPhone 6 6 Plus as a percentage of iPhones in use. The number of iPhones in use now is much larger than when the iPhone 5 launched. So looking at percentage of installed base using the iPhone 6 6 Plus after three days versus what it was for the iPhone 5 on its launch, really can't compare it. 
you know, back then, the installed user base for the iPhones was much smaller. The installed base of iPhones at launch of the iPhone 5 was less than 250 million units. But when the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus launched, it was over 570 million units. So this worst chart showed that after three days after launch, the iPhone 5 was at 2.7% of installed iPhones. Yet for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, it was only 1.8% of the installed base, which means you can't compare the two. Again, the installed base is so much bigger now than it was two years ago, over double. I really would have preferred not to report on this one, but just in case, I thought better safe than sorry. If you remember last year, there was a rumor about iOS 7 making the iPhone waterproof. That was one that made the circles. Who knows if anyone actually ever dunked their iPhone to see if it was real or fake, but obviously that was bogus. And anyone that did dunk, well, uh, I have a nice Symbian phone I can sell you. This year, the bogus story making the rounds is that the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus come with a new feature called Wave. Essentially, it is a graphic that goes over how putting your iPhone in the microwave allows you to charge it. Again, this is fake. Don't put your iPhone ever in a microwave. Not ever, never. Don't do it. Now, hopefully, I really didn't need to even go over this report, but better safe than sorry. There was definitely no shortage of iPhone 6 and 6 Plus reviews out there. I have links to a few in the show notes for episode 322. One from Mashable for the iPhone 6, one from TechCrunch for the 6 Plus, and another from TechCrunch for the 6 and 6 Plus, where the author goes over using them at Disneyland. I am not going to review the reviews. That's a little too meta for me. Okay, let me go over my experience trying to get my iPhone 6 Plus. I tried to order online the night of pre-orders, as I mentioned in the last episode, but could not. So I went the next day to the T-Mobile store at 8150 West 135th Street in Overland Park and ordered it at the store and paid for it outright. That was late in the afternoon, early evening uh, on the uh, pre-order day. So we're talking that Friday around 5, 6 o'clock. Again, that was on September 12th. Mind you, I made a few trips up to the T-Mobile store to make sure all was okay. They were great dealing with me. Even though it showed up as ordered on my account initially, uh, it did not give a specific delivery date. Then on Wednesday the 17th, I received an email saying my iPhone was coming on the 19th. I was like, woo! Then later on Wednesday the 17th, I received an email saying, "Mm, not so much. So basically, never mind. You are back ordered and no delivery date was given. So I went and waited online at the Apple store on the 19th because figuring it was going to be a long time before I see my iPhone 6 Plus. I arrived at 3 in the morning. In the past, 3 a.m. would have been good for top 20 spot in line, but worst case, top 30 spot. This year, not even in the top 100. This year's demand was amazing, as we will hear later or in future episodes from listeners' feedback. So I waited online until a little before 8 when the blue shirts made their way to me to ask me what iPhone I wanted. And when I replied, iPhone 6 Plus from T-Mobile, they said, sorry, no more iPhone 6 Pluses for T-Mobile. They only had five to start with at the Leewood store. So I left empty-handed and tired. But I did get two emails from T-Mobile while waiting in line that said my iPhone was still backordered. Lemon juice into paper cut did I feel. So I figured 
it would be a long time before I saw my iPhone 6 Plus. Maybe not until November from what I was reading online. But then somehow on Saturday morning, I received an email saying my iPhone 6 Plus was on its way out to me, which I received while I was on my way out to my son's chess tournament, which his team won first place for his elementary school. First time ever that his elementary school won a first place trophy for chess. Way to go, guys. Anyway, when I made it back home after the tournament, the 6 Plus was waiting for me. And I think my son was even more excited than me. But once I received it, I noticed my wife was suffering from PIDs. Actually, I noticed she suffered from PIDs when I received my iPhone 5S and my 4S and some of the iPads. Guys, if you don't know what PIDs is, it is post-iPhone delivery syndrome. And it usually shows up as shortness of conversation and crazy requests to do chores as soon as I get my new iPhone. That is followed by mild to severe moodiness. The severity of the PIDs case is usually directly proportional to how much you keep talking about your new iPhone. This will, of course, lead to your significant other feeling, shall we say, a little neglected. So guys and gals, let me say this. Don't let your significant other suffer from PIDs. Take them out to dinner or to something else to let them know you still care. If you really want to win some brownie points when your new iPhone comes, tell your significant other you'll open the box later. Right now, you'd rather go out to dinner and a movie with her, him or her. Huge brownie points, you shall win. That is your PSA for PIDs. Make sure you show your significant other the same amount of attention you are showing your new iPhone. Or you may find the side effects of PIDs lasting for more than a few weeks. Her getting my iPhone 6 Plus. Michael Bino, the manager of the T-Mobile at 8150 West 135th Street, came through big time. Let me just say, major, major kudos to Michael and his team. And I love that with T-Mobile Plan, I also get 5 gigabytes of hotspot data for my iPhone. Sweet! The T-Mobile Plan I went to was a family plan, which is $80 a month plus $10 a month for my wife to get her 3 gig of data for her phone, which is hopefully soon to be unlocked iPhone 5S as soon as AT&T comes through on that. And the unlimited data and 5 gig uh, hotspot uh, hot data for $30 a month for me on my iPhone 6 Plus. So $120 a month for both, and I get unlimited everything. So right where I was with AT&T, plus unlimited text, plus hotspot feature. Overall, this plan is just $10 more than my AT&T plan alone, and $40 less than my previous two plans combined. So a nice $400 plus savings a year, Again, thanks to Michael Bino at T-Mobile for all his help and dealing with my needy butt. I went up there a good six plus times last week. If I didn't go up there a dozen, I was up there all the time. So yes, I am that customer. Okay, so let me give you my thoughts of the six plus or my big expletive iPhone as my wife calls it now. Let's just say it is big. And if you are used to using the iPhone four or even the five, this is a big jump up size-wise. If you have small hands, it is tough to hold as my son is learning. Just when he is in a carpeted area and sitting on the couch, that is. If you have glasses like I do and you go to talk on it, you know, like a phone and you hold it up to your ear, it'll smack up against your glasses. It is that big. That said, if you are over 45 and are tromboning with your smaller iPhone, 
this will definitely be the iPhone you are looking for. When initially setting it up, there is the choice to make it between the standard mode and zoom mode. Or if you actually look in the Apple code, I think Apple engineers call it the under 45 mode and the 45 and over mode. If in the 45 and over mode or zoom mode, uh, it makes things just a bit bigger on the screen. If you select the wrong mode to start with, go to settings, display and brightness and select view and then you can see the and change the difference there. Yes, I have mine set at 45 and older mode. And just like that, no I don't, found out uh, last minute that if you have the iPhone 6 Plus and if you go to zoom mode, when you rotate the home screen, at least on my phone, uh, into landscape mode, it does not rotate like it does in standard mode. Not sure if that is a bug, likely, or by design, hope not. Um, I did something with the iPhone 6 Plus that I have not done since the original iPhone. I set it up as a brand new device from the start. No syncing to past backups. I wanted it to be virgin. And you know all my battery saving suggestions? Well, to start with, I did not do any of them except turn off AirDrop. So how well did the iPhone 6 Plus do on battery life? OMG! Better than any past iPhone I have ever had by a long, long margin. I charged it up, and I had been charging it up, and on Sunday night, I removed it from the charger. Over 48 hours later, I had usage of seven and a half hours and one day and 19 hours of standby time, and it was at 40% battery life. Yes, 40% life after two entire days and then some, and that is without optimizing for battery life and it made it a full 72 plus hours, over three days, and it had 7% of battery life left, three full work days, and it still was not dead. It is not even optimized yet. I will report next episode how it does after I optimize it. So one clear group of people the iPhone 6 Plus is for are those that need and desire much better battery life. This is the phone that yay or you and I have been wishing and hoping for for the past seven plus years. If nothing else changed between the 5S or any other iPhone and the 6 Plus, and it was just the battery life increase, I would say it's well worth the purchase because I didn't expect it to be this good. Of course, there are other changes that will make it even better, and we'll talk about that. Uh, when you go into landscape mode, the stock apps like not the stock app, but the stock apps like Notes or Mail, and yeah, the stock app, there are special features that make it more like a tablet and give you split-screen features. When you rotate to landscape mode at the home screen, the dock on the bottom goes to the right side vertically, and the icons rotate. Very nice feature, again, unless you have it on zoom mode, which, for at least for mine, is not doing that. The screen is absolutely beautiful. But the 5S and 6 screens are not that far behind. If you compare it to a non-retina screen, then it's simply amazing. If you want to get all uber geeky on how good the screen is, which DisplayMate found to be the best LCD smartphone screen they have ever tested, lots and lots and lots of data at the link in the show notes for episode 322 titled iPhone 6 and 6 Plus Display Technology Shootout. I mean, lots of tech specs. 
But simply put, it is a beautiful screen. Actually, the most beautiful screen ever for a smartphone. And did I mention it is big? It is also very thin. And you know what you get when you mix big and thin and a metal package? Yep, you guessed it. You get bendable, but not in a good way bendable. Okay, this is actually nothing new. Reports of bent iPhones go back to the iPhone 5 and skinny jeans. And well, guess what? As the iPhone gets thinner and bigger, yep, it needs less pressure to bend it. Now, less pressure doesn't mean a little pressure. It's still a lot of pressure. Picks are already popping up and expect this issue to have legs for a while. Here's the deal. Back pocket equals bad. Front pocket skinny jeans equals bad. Heck, skinny jeans by themselves equal bad. So maybe what the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus will do is usher in the death of skinny jeans. For that alone, Johnny Ive should be knighted. A second time. Anyway, if you put the iPhone or any metal smartphone in a tight pocket, front or back, and apply enough torque and rotational force, you will bend it. Even the iPhone 5 and 5S. Please be careful with the iPhone 6 and especially 6 Plus. And a little bit more on this. Seems now they are calling this Bentgate or Bendgate. Yep, just like with AntennaGate and MapsGate and Purple HazeGate and super complicated lift your fingerprint off the glass and replicate with SiliconGate, we now have another way, our blown out of proportion gate for an iPhone. Imore just put up a nice post titled, Yes, the aluminum iPhone 6 and 6 Plus will bend if put under too much pressure. Because physics. And yeah, that sums it up. Or let me sum it up. No, duh. Sadly, however, I don't think this is the last we will hear of this as the Android boys are getting worked up into a trolling frenzy on this one. Oh, and if yours does bend a little, do not repeat, do not try to bend it back. As if it bends and the screen is not cracked, trying to bend it back is very likely to crack the screen. Just leave it as as it is until someone comes up with a good method for bending it back, which will probably involve first removing the screen. Again, with the screen attached, do not repeat. Do not try to bend it back. You have been warned. Now back to talking about not overblown items. And per the iPhone 6 Plus, the slow motion video is simply stunning. I have my sons begging me to video them over and over, jumping off of things, throwing things, or catching things, or, well, dropping things and watching them go boom. And that's, of course, when they're not busy running around with their own iPhone 4S and doing time-lapse videos on their iPhone. But more on that later. With The 6 and 6 Plus, you can switch between 240 frames per second and 120 frames per second for slow motion video, and it is so smooth at 240 frames per second. The demo on stage for the 9.9 event did not do it justice, especially when we were practicing for the egg drop for one of my son's science competition. They loved it, him and his teammates, plus it showed really well how their package was hitting the ground. I would highly recommend you get a case for the iPhone 6 Plus. It is a really slippery little bugger. And the smaller your hands, the more likely you are to drop it. 
I have been also doing a lot of phantom power button pressing. It is a bit tough to get used to pushing the button on the side. Seven plus years of pushing the power button at the top to turn off the screen. It's going to take a little time to get used to pushing on the side. So expect that when you switch over to the 6 and 6 plus. Hi, Rob. This is Ron Lackfor in Hubbard, Ohio. Just calling to let you know that I've heard some rumors uh, and I've seen some reports on uh, Apple's uh, iPhone uh, 6 Plus uh, bending under the strain of uh, pockets with uh, pressure on them, you know, tight jeans and that type of thing. And I guess there's a whole bunch of reports up on the Internet about it. You might want to check that out and report on that soon. Okay, thanks. Okay, one more mention of a good post on Ben Gate comes from, or I'm going to call it Ben the Gate, comes from Cult of Mac. They actually beat me to the punch as I was actually putting together the same post. Kudos to Buster Hine. Hats off to him for beating me to the punch on this one. Anyway, I was collecting photos and reports of bent metal smartphones throughout the years, and that is what they did. Buster has pics of bent iPhone 5Ss, iPhone 5, iPhone 4S, not of the four, but I have a few if he wants them. Now, don't think this is an Apple issue only. This is a metal smartphone reality, as he also has pics of bent Sammy Galaxy S4, the Sony Xperia Z1, the Lumia 925, the HTC Evo, and Oppo, OPPO, and even a BlackBerry Q10. And I could also add in photos of bent HTC ones as well. Point is, thin metal smartphones, given enough pressure, will bend. This is not bend gate. This is bend the gate. I don't mean to poo-poo this, but you know what? Yeah, that's a lie. I do mean to poo-poo this. Just like I poo-pooed antenna gate and purple haze gate and really complicated fingerprint reproduction off the glass gate, Point is, this tech press loves a good Apple hater story. Haters are going to hate. And these stories are always blown way out of proportion. The iPhone 6 and 6 Plus are incredible phones. Just be smart in how you treat them, or any other big, thin metal smartphone. We're talking a few phones accidentally bent out of 10 million and more than a few bent on purpose for shock value in videos on YouTube. And here is one bit of advice for your iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Put it in your pocket upside down. That means earpiece at the bottom in your pocket. So that the bottom of the iPhone, where you see the lightning plug, is sticking up towards the sky. All the videos and pics I've seen that show it bending at it's, show, it's bending at the point of weakness, which is around the bottom of the volume buttons. That's where the, there's cutouts there in the uh, rigidity of the case. So if you put it in your pocket top side up, you're putting that weakest point near where you would be applying the most torque. Putting it in your pocket upside down would, in theory, move, um, help move it, the weak point at least, away from where it would be getting the most torque. And no cases are not always going to have help. It'll depend on the case. Uh, getting rid of all the skinny jeans, that should help. Well, at least it would not hurt, for sh that's for sure. But again, if you want a little bit of extra help and protection, 
put it upside down if you're going to put it in your front pocket. Don't put it in your back pocket. With the bendable issue put aside, Square Trade did a study of the new iPhone 6 and 6 Plus and found them more durable than the iPhone 5S and the Galaxy S5, with the iPhone 6 being a little bit more durable than the 6 Plus. But still, good news in that Square Trade found both the iPhone 6s to be more durable than the 5S. Sadly, no TII promo code or sponsorship this year. That means no extra discount for TII listeners. Boo, hiss, Square Trade. I did try to get them to do something for the listeners, but seems they have a short memory of how well listeners from the show have done in signing up in the past. Plus, they have some new people in marketing there that, eh, they just don't get the whole internet thing. That all said, I was asked and then had, had these questions sent on to them about uh, comparing their current iPhone 6 plans to that of AppleCare, and here is what the response from Square Trade was. Quote, hi Rob, with regards to AppleCare Plus, the best way to highlight contrast us versus AppleCare Plus is the following. One, price is comparable. Square Trade is $99 a year for two-year plan and a $75 deductible per claim. AppleCare Plus is also $99, but a slightly higher deductible at $79 per claim. Square Trade covers up to three claims. AppleCare Plus covers only two. Most importantly, we give the most flexibility if you want to have your phone serviced at the Genius Bar. We'll reimburse those claims. However, if you don't live near a Genius Bar or if you need a full replacement, we can handle those claims as well. Thus, you pretty much will get the same coverage as AppleCare Plus since we reimburse claims at a slightly uh, lower deductible but give you more flexibility. Regards, Kenny at Square Trade. Unquote. Again, no sponsorship from Square Trade, but since we are talking about bending and dropping and breaking, probably a good time to talk about them as well. But if you do sign up for a Square Trade warranty, if there's a place to say how you heard about them, make sure you tell them you heard about them from me or even send them an email to say you heard about them from Today in iOS. Moving from those that accidentally destroy their iPhones to those that do it on purpose. And that means, yes, iFixit has their complete teardowns to the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus available. Link in the show notes, of course. Well, links in the show notes, of course, because there's two. And what we know now is we can finally fill out the bingo card with two more misses. The iPhone 6 and 6 Plus both have one gig of RAM, and they're running a 1.4 gigahertz clock speed. In the breakdown, they did show the screen repair this time around seems to be easier than with the 5S. The battery on the 6 Plus is 2,915 milliamp hours versus 1,560 milliamp hours for the 5S and 1,810 milliamp hours for the iPhone 6. So part of the reason for the great battery life I mentioned earlier is the great big battery. If you want to see or learn what TriQuint, Skyworks, and RF micro devices chips made it in the iPhone 6 Plus or 6, please look for the links in the show notes for iFixit teardowns. I will not bore everyone else with those uber geeky details. But anyway, uh, Liam, good job. Looks like you guys are doing well there again. The key internal questions here were RAM and battery size, and thanks iFixit for answering those questions. One thing that is a bit geeky I do want to go over is some of the benchmark tests for the new iPhones. First, the performance difference between the iPhone 5S and the iPhone 6s is not that great, maybe 15 to 20%, which is a good bump, but not basically the 100% bump between the 5 and the 5S. 
And that big bump, of course, was due to going from 32 to 64-bit processor upgrade. But the question many want to know is how does it compare to Android's best devices? Well, very, very well, I might have to say, when looking at the uh, tests. And it totally smokes them when it comes down to single-core testing. Here is a quote from John Poole of Primate Labs, who are the makers of the Geekbench benchmark tests. Quote, Geekbench 3 shows that the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus are 15% faster than the iPhone 5S, while this difference isn't as dramatic as the one between the 5S and the 5. The 5S is twice as fast as the 5. A large part of last year's difference came from the Switch 32-bit ARM v7 architecture to the 64-bit ARM v8 architecture. When compared against other flagship handsets like the Samsung Galaxy S5 or the Motorola or Moto X, the iPhone 6 has significantly better single-core performance and comparable multi-core performance. Single-core performance is arguably the most important performance metric for smartphones. Every application will benefit from improved single-core performance while only specialized applications will benefit from improved multi-core performance. Unquote. So looking at the single-core results for the iPhones, the 6 Plus 1 with a 1626 score, higher is better. The 6 was right there with it 1618. 5S came in a very respectable 1407. Then the iPhone 5 at 1710. Like I said, the 5S was basically double the 5. The 4S, by the way, had a score of just 215. So the 6 is almost 8 times faster on the test. When they looked at the iPhones versus Android's top phones, the best Android phone scored a 980 on the single-core test. The six, the S5 from, from Sammy was at 912, no doubt in an overclocked mode. The HTC One M8 was at 910, and the LG Nexus 5 limped in at 830. So yes, on this test, the iPhone 5S and 6 smoked the best Android phones out there. Not even close. But there were other tests run too, and the results were also impressive for the iPhone 6s. The SunSpider test, the Kraken 1-1 test, Google Octane V2, WebExpert, 3D Mark 1.2, GFX Bench 3.0, and Web Browsing Battery Life. The iPhone 6 Plus beat all the Android smartphones and often smoked most of them. So rest assured, if you get the iPhone 6 Plus, or 6, you are getting a very powerful, the most powerful smartphone on the market. But if you have the iPhone 5S, it's not that bad, and it's uh, not that much slower, pretty close. Uh, the 5S is pretty darn fast itself. Maybe that's why there was no new 4-inch iPhone this year. Who knows? Maybe next year, Apple does three new iPhones, all with the A9 processor, a 4-inch, a 4.7, and a 5.5-inch version. Again, this goes back to skinny jeans and small pockets and ladies' hands. I still think there's a place for the 4-inch smartphone. My wife, for one, she does not want anything larger than the 5S. Okay, so I said all these wonderful things about the iPhone 6 Plus and the testing, and now the bad news for those that I've convinced to get the 6 Plus. They are hard to get. Apple's showing four weeks or more delivery. Carriers are showing longer than that and 22 more countries go online with the iPhone 6S, 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 the iPhone 6 this weekend and the 6 Plus. 
If you don't have one on order now, it is likely you will not get it until late October, best case scenario. I want to thank today's sponsor, which is Audible. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII, you can get a free audiobook of your choosing. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 titles to choose from. 150,000 titles. When I first did this show, and I had Audible as a sponsor way back when in April, May 2007, uh, Audible had 35,000 titles to choose from, if memory serves me right. Today, they have over 150,000 titles. Sweet. So no matter what your taste, Audible has some audio goodness for your ears. And if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash TII, you can get a free audiobook download to keep even if you cancel the service and pay nothing. And the book I'm going to recommend this week, or one of them, is the book A New Dawn, Star Wars. It is over 12 hours of audio gold. If Star Wars is not your thing, shame on you. But maybe Star Trek is. And if so, then there is Star Trek X, The Lost Years, narrated by Leonard Nimoy. This one is just two hours and 56 minutes, but come on, look who's narrating it. Either one could be your free audiobook download, or you can choose from over 90 different Star Trek titles and over 180 different Star Wars titles. And hey, why not look at the over 250 different Doctor Who titles? If you like sci-fi or really any other genre, Audible has you covered. And if you wanted to get a, a New Dawn Star Wars or any other story for that matter, you could do so on us by going to audiblepodcast.com slash TII. That's audiblepodcast.com slash TII for your free audiobook download. Offer good just for those in the U.S. and Canada. Thanks, Audible, for sponsoring this show. And folks, may the forest be long and prosper. Here is some listener feedback on their thoughts on the new iPhones. Hello, Rob. It's Ben from Montreal, Canada. I currently own an iPhone 5S, and from day one, I've been very satisfied with it. It works very well, and the size is right on the spot. With the introduction of both iPhone 6s, it's clear that the new trend will be bigger phones. Unfortunately, bigger phones means finding different ways to carry it, like inside your pocket, or any other ways that I will have to find in the near future. Since we have to carry our new phablets in our pockets, we should expect the devices to be solid enough to sustain any kind of pressure that could be caused by any activities like sitting in your car with the phone in your pocket, or listening to your music while your phone is on the sofa near you. As you know, every time a new iPhone reaches the market, there is always a guru trying to convince you that the said iPhone is weak after throwing it from a second story of a, of a building or crushing it in a blender or a hammer or squeezing it underneath a car wheel. We all know that those scenarios are exaggerated and makes no sense for any kind of devices anyway. But yesterday I've come across a video that I found very plausible and showed me that Apple could use a better material or design for the new iPhone 6s. I sent you two video links where you can clearly see how an iPhone 6 Plus could be easily bent with a minimum pressure to the point that the iPhone is almost unusable as opposed to a Samsung Note 3 
that appears to be solid even if it's made of plastic. Ben, I'm going to interrupt here. It was not minimal pressure. There was a lot, a lot of pressure to bend the iPhone. If you put that much pressure in your pocket, you're, it, it's unheard of. I mean, unless you've got really tight jeans and really bend it. But the amount of pressure in these videos when people are bending it is a lot of pressure. And if you actually look, when they're putting the pressure, it's in the middle, but it bends over near the volume buttons. But it's a lot of pressure. It's not minimal pressure. Some people have complained that their phones or iPhones were showing a small bent after a few hours of activities while their phone were in their pockets. iPhones are among the most expensive handset on the market and what I expect from Apple is not only a beautiful design but also something that has a decent strength on normal usage. And Ben, the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus do have very decent strength in normal usage. Again, you're talking a couple of people out of 10 million that accidentally bent it. A couple. A lot more people purposefully bent it than the couple that didn't. You are being led astray by Apple haters. That's the simplest way to put it. Knowing that I could easily bend my phone while I'm, sh I'm, I'm shifting my body on my sofa or simply when I buckle up my, my safety belt in my car while the phone is in my pocket, it's a no sense for me. Apple could use a better material like titanium or anything else as opposed to aluminum that honestly is among the weakest material you can find for a phone. Apple, thank you for the beautiful iPhone 6 you have made. They are really awesome. But I will pass on this one, and I will wait for the next generation of iPhone, hoping that they will be built with better material. Thank you. Ben, take a look at the links in the show notes for today's episode. Look at the one, look at the fact that there have been other smartphones that bend. It takes a lot of pressure to bend the iPhone. It's only a couple people reporting this accidentally. Again, more of the pictures you're going to see out there of the bends are from people doing it on purpose. That said, I did have listeners who had the iPhone 5 and 5S bend on them in the past. And if anyone who's listening has an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus that's bent a little on them, please send a picture and explain how it bent and what you were doing when it bent. And be honest, please. Send those pics to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey Rob, this is Steve from Arizona. Just wanted to call in with a little iPhone 6 issue. Overall, the iPhone 6 is gorgeous. A little bit bigger, obviously, than the iPhone 5 or 5C, but I'm getting used to the difference in size. I did see the 6 Plus in person, and truthfully, I could not even put my hands around it. It's so big. Anyway, here's my problem. Ever since getting the iPhone 6, the location arrow is on constantly in the status bar. It is a black arrow, not a purple one. The only thing that disables it is when I turn off total, totally turn off location services. I try turning off every single app under privacy, location services, one by one. Arrow is still there. Uh, only by disabling location services totally does it work. Tried shutting off ad stuff, Wi-Fi networking, everything under the sun. Still have the arrow. So if you have any or any of the listeners have an idea, this one's driving me nuts. 
I'd love to find a way to shut that little arrow off that I see 24-7. Anyway, Rob, thanks. I hope you can help me figure it out. Try the, the boards, Apple support communities. People say they have this problem. Nobody seems to know the solution. So I'm hoping you or the listeners can help me find it. Thanks for all you do, Rob. Take care. Bye-bye. Steve, I would suggest go to settings, general, reset, re- reset, network settings, and see if that does the trick for you. That's work for some other people. If anyone else out there has any suggestions for Steve, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Here is an interesting undocumented tip from Lifehacker Review I read of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Excerpted from excerpts from the article linked above that I'm sending you here. If you're looking to boost the charging speed of your new iPhone 6 or 6 Plus, the folks over at iLounge found that the new iPhone models can take 2.1 amp charge, like what you'll find in the iPad chargers, to recharge it a bit faster. According to some preliminary tests, iLounge found that both models can charge faster using 2.1 amp supply, even though they ship with a 1 amp power supply. Four members at Mac Rumors found similar results. Assuming the new iPhone models can actually take the full 2.1 amp charge, this makes sense since the added juice can actually be used to charge quicker, unlike an older iPhone model that'll only take the 1 amp regardless of which adapter you use. Either way, if you have an iPad or other charger sitting around, try giving it a charge. There's no risk to damaging your iPhone. Hope you and the listeners find this interesting and helpful. I look forward to your own reviews once you get your iPhones in your hands. Regards, Ron D. Well, thanks, Ron, for that feedback. And folks, if you have an iPad charger around, you might want to use that when you're charging up your iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. Definitely the 6 Plus it takes a little bit longer to charge since it's a much bigger battery. Phil here in Dallas again. Well, uh, scratch everything I said on my last uh, voicemail. I was wrong. <laughs> I actually had a chance uh, earlier today on the uh, 22nd of September to go and play with the iPhone uh, 6 and uh, 6 Plus, and, and i got to say, I fell in love with the 6. The 6 Plus is still a little too large, but it, it, it does not seem as monstrous as some of these, these Android phones out there. And that 6 just felt so great in the hand, and I was wrong. The bump on the back wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, and uh, my hand can actually manage that whole uh, 4.7-inch screen, and it's just a beautiful phone. Once you get up close and you get to look at it and the screen and the display, and uh, so I... <laughs> I ordered one right then. They didn't have any in stock, so I ordered myself a uh, a Space Gray, yeah, 128 gig. You know, like you said, I'm gonna go big, go home. That's 16 gigs not enough, and uh, I figured I'll just top it out with 128 gigs. Well, let's get it wrong. I was wrong. Not afraid to admit it. It's a great phone. Scratch everything I said in my earlier voicemail. You have a great day, Rob. Chad Larson here, first time caller. I've been listening to your show for years and really enjoy it. It gives me lots of great information to share with other people who aren't as dedicated and don't pay attention to the web and podcasts, but still want to know how to better use their iPhone and iPad. I did wait in line at the AT&T store for my new iPhone 6. I love it. It's fast and responsive and has a big screen, which really helps my old person eyes. You know, I'm almost 50, and I haven't gotten those Warby Parker glasses yet. Also, 
the battery life is seeming to be better than my 5S. My only gripe with Apple in recent weeks is the ridiculous gift of the U2 album. I hate those guys. I didn't really care that the gift was there, but when I would just play music at random, it would pull stuff out of the cloud, and it played several U2 songs for me. So I found the link online. I don't have it with me now to share, but I'm sure your other listeners know. And I have given that back to Apple. I just wanted to give a shout-out so that maybe Apple people will get the idea that that wasn't the best idea. Thanks again for your show, Rob. Chad and Phil, thanks for your feedback. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I never used a case for any of my three iPhones since day one, but the combination of how cool this case is and seems and my concerns of having the iPhone 6 Plus in my pocket and it potentially bending made me order this. We'll see if it is a good decision. I'll let you know what I think of it. Thanks for all the butt-kicking great work you do. Regards, Dr. John. And he sent me a link to Groove made.com slash product slash walnut dash and dash leather dash iphone dash case and i'll try to put the link to that in the show notes or if i don't email me and i'll send it to you but again it's uh groovemade.com and it's their new iphone 6 plus case and it's pretty cool looking and it's made of wood and leather let's talk ios update as you know last episode i recommend you not update for at least one week Well, it's one week, and quite a few of you are emailing in and asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, I guess it depends on why you waited. One of the reasons I said to wait was just to avoid the traffic jam of the hundred millions of people that are trying to download the updates all at once. To me, this is a reason where if something goes wrong, it can go really, really wrong, especially in the first few days due to stopped or delayed download. If that was your key reason for waiting, that traffic jam is now behind us. Another reason to wait is because of the possibility of some key apps that you need not working with iOS 8. Since it's going to take me a long time to go through all 1.3 million plus apps in the App Store to tell you if your app is updated for iOS 8 or has issues with iOS 8, I think it's best that you go ahead and look in iTunes for the most recent reviews for your key apps to see what people are saying. But if your key apps are okay, then, well, that reason is gone for holding off as well. By the way, do not update to the latest and newest version of the Twitter app. Again, that is do not update. The last reason I said to wait is because of likely bugs in iOS 8. And bugs there were or are. And let's go over some of these bugs and see if these are issues for you or not. There is a bug such that HealthKit... Third-party apps will not work, and Apple pulled support for. Clearly, not a reason not to update, as you already do not have HealthKit, so nothing lost if you did update. There is an issue with third-party keyboards uh, that could become deselected when a user enters their passcode. Again, not a showstopper, as there are no third-party keyboards in iOS 7. There is an issue that prevents some apps from accessing photos from the photo library. There is a reliability issue with the reachability feature for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Say that one six times fast. That's not an issue for you if you're upgrading either, because if you're upgrading, you didn't have the 6 or 6 Plus. There is an issue which could cause unexpected cellular data usage when receiving SMS and MMS message. Hmm, that one sounds ominous. 
if you're especially if you're on a limited data plan. There are some issues with ask to buy for family sharing for in-app purchases. There is an issue with ringtones where sometimes they're not restored from iCloud backups. And there is a bug that prevents uploading photos and video from Safari. How do we know about all those bugs? Well, those are the ones that iOS 8.0.1 was supposed to fix. And I say supposed to fix as it was released and then instantly caused other issues, but more on that in a bit. Other issues reported with iOS 8.0.0 that likely are not fixed in iOS 8.0.1, or at least were not just not listed, are issues with Wi-Fi connectivity and speed, incorrect bookmark redirects, issues with quick battery drain, iMessage glitches, frequent crashes of the settings app, laggy notifications, formatting issues with the dialog boxes, issues with audio from various music apps layering on top of one another, settings app forgets spotlight preferences, automatic VPN bug, issue with call forwarding and freezing when accessing visual voicemail, issues with airdrop support for passbook passes, and extension bugs to name some of the more commonly or more often reported bugs. There are also minor lock screen bypasses all around Siri. Uh, well, kind of not, maybe not so minor. Uh, you can get a, if you, you take a locked iPhone and you can get it to post to Facebook by saying Siri post to Facebook. And if they have Facebook set up, it lets you post a message to their Facebook account. This could be funny or embarrassing if some prankster finds your phone and starts posting crazy things to your timeline on Facebook. Like say how someone found my iPhone and they started posting how I loved Android. Okay, never mind. No one would actually ever believe that. But obviously could be an issue. Another security exploit with Siri is asking Siri to show you the call history and it brings up your most recent calls. That could be misused uh, to spy on a significant other or workmate. Again, this is from the lock screen, not uh, where no password is needed. So you can just go to Siri, push it with your finger, and just say, Siri, show me call history. And you can also get to the notes and see them without unlocking. Say, show me my notes. Then Siri shows a list of notes. If you try tapping on one, it does ask for you to unlock. But if you say, add to my notes, and then tell her, which one you want to add to, say, add a period. It will make the addition and then show you the full note, again, with the phone still being locked. So be careful about what you have in your notes. And you can also ask Siri if you have any voicemail messages and then ask her to play them for you. Again, no unlocking needed. So be careful what you keep in notes and voicemail they can easily be accessed by someone that has access to Siri. At this point, if you want to upgrade to iOS 8, it really comes down to how painful were all those items I just talked about to you personally. There are bugs and security issues. Oh my. So again, if this is your work phone and you work for someone that security is a big issue, you may want to hold off on iOS 8. Oh, and if you are updating to iOS 8, you need about, if you're over the air, you need 6 gig of space on your iOS device to do the upgrade on the device. 
If you have the TII app, look for the PDF in the post after episode 320, so between 320 321, which goes over my recommended steps for updating, which includes removing photos and videos from your photo roll on iOS 7. That helps free up space. Still best to do a major double O update from your computer and not over the air. Hey, Rob, Jeff from Cincinnati, Ohio calling. A couple updates here. First thing is um, I try to update iOS 8 on my iPhone, and I did a backup first, and it comes back to me because I was going to do it over the air, and it says that I don't have enough space for it, and I looked, I had 4.7 gigs left, and it says this software requires over 5 gigs, so I guess I'll have to wait till I get home on my computer and do that, and then I did it on my iPod Touch 5th Gen, and it started downloading, and it says it'll notify me when update's complete, but it doesn't show you any indicating bars to see what the progress of the update is. So, oh, well, that's all I got for you. Talk to you later, Rob. Bye. This is Sal Horsball out of Rochester, New York. Wanted to let you know I just updated to iOS 8, and it's a little buggy, period. End of story. What I found was my uh, brightness setting kept changing to full brightness, to completely off, to three quarters on, to one third on. It was terrible. And I found all the apps had reset all their notifications were now back on again, which I had previously turned them all off. I don't know what Apple's doing with that. Hopefully they uh, did not need to do that, but I had to manually go into each app and shut off the notifications on the ones that I didn't want showing up anymore. Crazy. All right, look forward to the next show. Have a great weekend. Hey, Rob, it's Sal in Rochester, New York again. I found out what the problem was with the brightness control, it seems that the update reset the auto-dimming switch to on, which I had previously turned off, so apparently it didn't save my settings. And that's why it was switching as I moved throughout the day, complete brightness to complete, almost complete darkness and so on. That's another thing that came back as an automatic on in the update. Take care. Gentlemen, thanks for your feedback. I mentioned iOS 8.0.1 earlier. And if you have the TI app, well, you also received a push message from me warning you not to update to it. And so how well did the first update for iOS 8 go? Uh, I think Mashable said it best with the post title, quote, Apple pulls iOS 8.0.1 update after disastrous rollout, unquote. That, folks, is not link bait. That is pretty accurate reporting. How bad was it? Well, if you updated your iPhone 6 or 6 Plus, you can kiss your cellular service goodbye. Yeah, that bad. It also borked uh, your Touch ID completely. Basically, it made your iPhone 6 or 6 Plus into a big iPod Touch 5th gen. So what do you do if you did not listen to me and were one of those first people to jump in blindly and willy-nilly and now are sitting with a big old iPod Touch? Well you can restore back to iOS 8 to fix the issue. 8.0.0, that is. And that does mean connecting to your computer. I did mention never ever do an over-the-air update to iOS while on the road, right? Yeah, that would really suck right now to be on the road, to have done this update, and lose your iPhone, and not be able to update. Mm, that would not, not be good.
But for those quick to update and at home, here is how you fix your iPhone 6 and 6 Plus that was updated to iOS 8.0.1. This is from an article I'm more, link in the show notes. Quote, one, turn off Find My iPhone via Settings and iCloud. Two, download iOS 8 for the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. Three, make sure you're on the latest version of iTunes. Go to About and then check for updates or visit iTunes.com. Four, launch iTunes on your Mac or PC. Five, connect your iPhone 6 or 6 Plus to iTunes via the Lightning to USB cable. Six, hold down Option for the Mac or Shift for Windows and click on click Check for Update. Seven, choose the iOS 8 firmware. It's a .ispw file that you downloaded in step two. Eight, let iTunes do its thing. And nine, once you're back up and running, turn Find My iPhone back on, unquote. Next time, wait for me to give the green light. Really, folks, I'm not telling you to wait to be mean, just that I have seen and heard enough quick-to-update horror stories over the years that it is so worth waiting a few days and, more ideally, a week. For those of you that are going to update now to iOS 8 because you don't care about the security or bug issues I mentioned previously, make sure you do not select iCloud Drive when setting up if you are now syncing files stored on iCloud with your Mac or other iOS 7 devices. If you select iCloud Drive now, you will have issues. For now, hold off on iCloud Drive at least until Yosemite is released in October and all your other iOS devices are up to iOS 8 and your Mac is up to Yosemite. Again, don't upgrade to iCloud Drive even though it's going to ask you twice to do it. Thanks to Dr. John for this next one, which also affected early adopters of iOS 8. The issue had to do with family sharing, where once set up and you choose people to share with and part of your family, it appeared that your members were unable to actually share digital media among family members. Or so, again, it appeared with this bug as the issue would go away after a little bit of time. But those really impatient would try removing themselves, thinking they weren't added, and then add themselves back into the family. And after a couple of those actions, you used up the number of times that you could actually join a family and then were locked out of your family for a year, for 364 days. Supposedly, Apple fixed the issue with the delay in showing up in a family, but not again before. It was too late for those that feel clicking often and and quickly fixes almost all issues. Yeah, if you're part of that crowd, well, now you're looking at 360 plus days or so before you are able to, uh, you know, get in with your family. Don't let the man put you down. Anyway, as a reminder, family sharing allows up to six people in a household to share each other's iTunes, iBooks, and App Store purchases. It also enables families to keep up with each other's photo, calendars, and locations. More on family sharing on future episodes. Funny thing is, with all these issues mentioned, uh, there's a New York Times piece that had a title, Upgrading to iOS 8 on an old iPhone? Prepare for trouble, but do it anyway. In a nutshell, all the bugs and warts mentioned earlier still are not as negative combined as the new features are positive combined. So net some game for most of the people updating. 
this episode is not the episode we get into what those positives are, given that the issue um, and the polling of iOS 8.0.1, I think at this time, I will just wait uh, until the update to the update is released and to really go over iOS 8.0. whatever it is. In the meantime, all of those already on iOS 8, call in with your favorite new feature, be it the predictive type or third-party keyboards or battery usage or improvement to the Weathers app or whatever it is that you're really liking about iOS 8. Let us know, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob. Jeff from Connecticut. Uh, just giving a ring in uh, a couple of days now with the iPhone 6 Plus and iOS 8, and it looks like uh, the return of the Bluetooth issues uh, that we had many years ago where uh, Apple upgraded the iOS, and we lost Bluetooth with most vehicles. Here we are again, and uh, reports on the Apple uh, forums that all different manufacturers know connectivity uh, through Bluetooth. Hopefully Apple will come up with a fix, but just throwing that out there, if anybody else uh, thought it was their phone, it's not. It seems to be a issue with the uh, Bluetooth profile for the cars. Thanks, Rob. Have a great day. Jeff, thanks for that feedback. Now, for some of you, iOS 8 just has not been worth it, and normally I would say, tough, you kind of stuck. But for some reason, Apple has left the signing of iOS 7.1.2 active. That means you can actually downgrade to iOS 7.1.2 from iOS 8. I am not going to go over it, as I am sure it's a small number that are frustrated uh, did you hear that second R there that time? Anyway, those frustrated uh, with iOS 8 and looking to move back, look for the link titled How to Downgrade iOS 8 to iOS 7.1.2 in the show notes for episode 322 over at todayinios.com. I want to sum up the past week and say this. iOS 8 was, well, as messed up as I thought it was going to be, to me, it was really beta 6 of iOS 8. and shouldn't have been Goldmaster. And the next update is really the Goldmaster. Or the second Goldmaster, because they messed up this... Anyway, or third Goldmaster, whatever. Guess when you have uh, an artificial launch date, stuff like this happens. The bend duh gate, to me, is a joke and overblown hype and way out of proportion. And it's, a, it's the real issue this past week is what is happening at Apple um, with iOS 8.0.1 and how that was released. Did they not quality control that release? Did no one at Apple with an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus uh, you know, test this? What about their carrier partners? Someone had to test this. This was a major black eye. And looking back this past week, that to me was the big issue, not Ben Duh Gate. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about both of these in the near future. Thanks again to Linda for sponsoring this episode. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free seven-day trial to their service. They offer over 2,000 high-quality video courses taught by industry experts. These courses cover subjects including business skills, covering career development, presentation, and communication skills. There are software video courses covering MS Office, Adobe Creative Suite, FileMaker, and of course, there are iOS development courses. There are over 25 iOS courses available at lynda.com, and with 12 of those flagged for beginners. 
If you want to learn how to program or just beef up your current knowledge in one area of programming, Linda has a tutorial for you. There is now a tutorial called iOS 8 Features, or iOS New Features. So if you can't wait for my next episode, this tutorial will get you some info. Another new course I saw that looked really good is called Leading with Applied Improv with Izzy Gazelle. Quote, in this course, facilitator, coach, and former stand-up comedian Izzy Gazelle demonstrates how to use skills, practices, and mindset of improv to develop critical leadership skills of presence, acceptance, and trust, unquote. And well, for the iOS programmers, there is Swift Programming Language First Look. That went live on September 15th. I actually am very much looking forward to looking at that one. They are constantly adding new tutorials. There are more tutorials that you will want to watch than there is time in the day, the week, the month for you to actually watch them. Linda is an all-you-can-eat monthly service. Watch anytime and as often as you like from your computer or iOS device. There are searchable transcripts as well as closed captioned transcripts. And you don't just need to take my word for the breadth and quality of their tutorials and service. You can check them out right now for yourself for free for seven days by going to lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. And you can check out the tutorials I just mentioned, plus many more. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this episode. And folks, if you have a favorite tutorial from Linda, send an email to me today in iOS at gmail.com or call us 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Into the email bag. Hey Rob, I received your push notification today on 924 to avoid iOS 8.0.1 update, and I wanted to thank you for the warning. Although I have an iPhone 5S and may have not had any problems, I feel my chances for corruption in the iOS would have been higher from a faulty update. Per your advice in a previous podcast, I do not download a new major update until at least two weeks or when you give the go-ahead uh, that around that time. My belief is that my current iOS works great, is responsive, and doesn't crash. Why would I be in such a hurry to change this? Regards, John D. Hi, Rob. You aren't kidding. Made the mistake being bored and not thinking it would be as bad as 8.0, but boy, was I wrong. Both Touch ID and Cellular for AT&T died on my iPhone 6 Plus. I had to put it back to DFU mode and then attach to iTunes for a system restore. Spoke to Apple on chat. They said it is being pulled and investigated. They said any issues need to be reported to apple.com slash feedback. Your favorite hiccup tester regards Peter. Sorry, Peter. Hey, Rob, I have a confession to make. I hear you tell people to wait a week or so before downloading the new iOS. I never listen. I always do it and have never had a problem. Fact is, I still haven't had a problem, but I almost downloaded the update today, and I would have been pretty mad at myself if I had messed up my new device. I now see why you tell people this. Thanks for looking out for us. Regards, Rob from Hebron, Kentucky. Hey, Rob. I enjoy your show, and I would like to ask you, why do you recommend the iTunes update to iOS 8, and why specifically to use the download-only option, and why not the over-the-air updates, and what could be the potential risks slash problems with using that? I didn't update yet, but I would like to know what do you feel about it? If you did cover that in a previous show, please guide me to that. 
um, so I can give that a listen. And thank you very much. I look forward to the next episode. Well, as mentioned on today's episode, there are issues with over-the-air updates for double-odd updates. problem with double-odd updates is they are 1.2 gig or bigger sometimes. And then that's a compressed file that then needs to expand and then has all the pieces come out of it. So you have the original file and the, just if you ever look on your desktop, when you expand a zip file, you've got the original zip file there plus the new folder plus the files that are in there. So you've got double, triple what the original download was. That's why over the over-the-air update needs five or six six gig for a 1.2, 1.3 gig file. So one reason not to do the over-the-air update is it's really a big file. Uh, two, when it expands, it's even a bigger file. It means you need more space. And three, it's just better to do updates over iTunes, in my experience, than over-the-air updates, especially when the file is so big and so many things can go wrong. So double-odd updates, I never recommend doing over-the-air update. I always recommend using iTunes. And if you can, even the smaller updates, I recommend doing iTunes. Uh, if you're ever going to do an over-the-air update, make sure you're at home and it's not you're not on a business trip. And if you can, at the end of the week, so you, your work week, so you have all weekend to fix the issue if there is an issue. So those are my recommendations. And it, obviously some of the stuff that was talked about earlier. Or I guess another way to put it is hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I have had people email me or leave comments when I say, wait, getting mad. And, and I just want to say, when I say wait, it's not my way of putting a piece of cheese on your nose and say, hold it, hold it, hold it. You know, I'm not testing you to see how long you can wait. It's about me trying to help you from having to do a lot of extra unneeded work, like restoring iOS 8.0.1 to iOS 8. You know, that's a lot of work for people today that have to do that. And back to the email bag we shall go with. Hi, Rob. I have to say I am not a fan of the changes Apple has made to the Photos app. I liked having an album for photos in my camera roll and one for photos in my photo stream. I used to have photos that were on both my camera roll and my photo stream and some that were just on one or the other. Has iOS 8 simply lumped everything together in one location, all of my photos from my photo stream and camera roll? What is also confusing is that I am now seeing numerous duplicate photos. Regards, Steve in Brisbane. Yes, yeah, Steve, I'm not a fan of getting rid of the camera roll. I really like the camera roll. It told me which of the photos that needed to be imported. You know. So I, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. I'm not a fan of that change either. Hey, Rob. Mike in Nebraska used to be Mike in California. Quickly, uh, iOS 8 updated uh, my iPad mini retina and my 5C. Uh, both work fine with the exception of USA Today, which crashes repeatedly on the iPad mini retina. iPhone 6, got it. Great phone. Camera works great. Uh, one quick comment. I bought the uh, OtterBox commuter case and the Incipio case. The OtterBox case is uh, really, uh, quite frankly, it's a piece of junk. It does not look good. The rubber around the edges does not conform well. Um, and I'm really uh, quite disappointed with the OtterBox case. I bought it at Best Buy, asked them uh, what they thought, and they said they were all like that. I'm sure it will protect the device, but in terms of the look, 
um, it really detracts from the look. And so shame on Otterbox for sending something out like that. Anyway, love the show. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Rob. I'm a little disappointed in how the new iOS release was supposed to include so many new features and didn't. I feel like the new iOS release is actually in October. I feel that they should have either waited on the new software or released continuity, Yosemite, and HealthKit apps with the new iOS along with Apple Pay. I know that there were some issues, but they should have waited until October when they had everything all together. I love my gold iPhone 6, 64 gig. I'm enjoying the excellent battery life, especially since I followed the information you posted recently. I am a diehard Apple fan, but the inconvenience is, well, really an inconvenience. Thanks for the show. Regards, Dustin. Hey, Rob. This is David. I am just letting you know that I have upgraded two of my devices, uh, my iPad mini and my iPhone 5S up to iOS 8. And I did it over the network. did listen a little bit to you. I, I shut down most of the apps and rebooted, but I didn't really go through the other things. I wanted to see how bad it would be. I did update all my apps on my iPad before we did it, and that's what I did first. It took quite a while to download, but it did it. And then my phone, I forgot to update most of my apps, but it looks like everything went well, with the exception of audio, uh, one of my audio ones. Oh, I can't remember which one. Um, but anyway, um, it was, it was, it looks like everything went fine. But other than that, it was great. I did notice the data, uh, my data, my AT&T data, luckily I'm, I'm on the unlimited plan. I downloaded something like 30 gigs. <laughs> and I'm not really sure how I did all that. A lot of it came from the system and from iCloud. And then also from a couple, uh, my, uh, probably all my audio audiobooks, but I noticed it pulled down a lot of data through that. So I'm really glad I have the unlimited plan and I'm, I'm waiting to hear from AT&T what the consequences of, of just sucking down that much data in the last 24 hours is. Other than that, uh, everything's fine. I haven't had a problem. So happy, happy it went as smooth as possible. And I have to, I'm not calling you with a, with a sad story. Hey Rob, this is David again. Audible was the one I had problems with. And I, I think really that's just the issue of just being a really poorly coded software. I, you know, considering how much I pay a month to have books that I can download in my daily New York Times read to me, I wish they would just invest a little bit into a stable app. The way I got around it, though, was I was able to just, I deleted it and then re-downloaded it from the Apple store and it seemed to work. So it was some incompatibility with my existing data that was on there. Uh, the downside of that was that all my books that I had stored on there are gone now and I have to re-download those. So that might have contributed to some of the, the bandwidth that I had to suck down because I was, I was downloading through AT&T. Anyway, other than that, 80, iOS 8 really was a great you know, great experience. It was good. I did it over the network, and um, everything was fine. It's just It's just big and beefy, so it took a long time. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks, David, for your feedback, and glad to hear things went well for you. Moving on, we are now well over 1,300 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One popular post in the Google Plus community this past week came from me again. 
I cheated. I pinned it up to the top. It was about people's experiences waiting online. It was a nice post with lots of replies, but another good and important one came in from Bob Correa, C-O-R-R-E-A. And he posted about iOS 8.0.1, and once he did, I pinned that one to the top of the board instead to warn people not to update to iOS 8.0.1. No, it was not to gloat about saying you should have waited. Not entirely, at least. Uh, the Google Plus community is a great place to learn and share info from, and that post was a good way to let people know, hey, stay away, stay away, stay away. Anyway, Apple finally did pull iOS 8.0.1, as we mentioned earlier, but at that point in time, it was still there, and people were still updating. And this past week, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android boys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 1,300 plus of you already in the community and contributing into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm a blind listener to your show. I am wondering, is there a way to get messages from the Google Plus community through email like Google Group? For the most part, forums, etc. don't work particularly well with speech software we use. Regards, Adam M. Thanks, Adam. And yes, absolutely, you can set it up to get an email each time there is a new subject post. And if you reply to one of the posts with a comment, then you get emails for all of the follow-up comments after that for that individual post. Just turn on notifications in Google Plus and you for our community and you will get those emails. And if you belong to any other iPhone or iOS Google Plus communities, you will really appreciate the values of the posts in our community. It really makes a difference when there are no Android fanboys. Hi Rob, I noticed that videos on the TI Google Plus page appear to autoplay. Do you know, is there a way to disable this as I would like to be able to access the page on a cellular connection without worrying about my data plan being eaten into? Regards, Steve in Brisbane. Steve, of course they autoplay. It's Google. Actually, I'm not sure if that is a Google Plus issue or the person that's embedding it issue. If anyone actually knows the answer to Steve, uh, let me know. I also hate auto start videos. And if this is something we can control, I will let people know they need to turn off autoplay on any videos that they upload and post to. Folks, shoot me an email on this one today in iOS at gmail.com. Thanks to Missy from Ohio for the heads up on the Verizon trade-in offer where they are giving $200 for an iPhone 4 and up. Yes, $200 for an iPhone 4. That's a really great deal. This offer expires on September 30th, and AT&T is now making the same offer. Look for the link in the show notes titled, Don't Panic, Those iPhone 6 Carrier Trade-In Deals Are Still Available. Looks like T-Mobile is also making this offer. Again, you must bring in your iPhone or complete the online request by September 30th. Check out the link for more details. Thanks, Missy from Ohio. Hi, Rob. Great news out of Japan. Now SoftBank iPhone 6 users can use Sprint's network at no additional cost. This is great news for me as I'm always looking for a SIM card to use when I am stateside. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Mike Lee. Hi, Mike. Thanks for the heads up on this. If you are in Japan and travel to the U.S. for business or pleasure on any regularity, check out the link in the show notes titled SoftBank Users in Japan Able to Roam in the U.S.
All right, I know we're knee-deep into the iPhone 6 and iOS stuff, but rumors are starting to circulate that October 21st may be the next Apple event, which would be the iPad event, essentially, but maybe also the Apple TV event to go along with the iPad event. I have to imagine the iPhone 6 Plus will eat into iPad sales quite a bit, so they're going to have to do a little bit more than just iPads. Uh, at least the iPad mini retina sales are going to be hurt. Hey, maybe the Apple, it's this, this is the year to go bigger with the iPad. More on this, I am sure, on the next couple of episodes. Back to you, my big. Hi, Rob. What do you think of this article? Regards, Stephen Arizona. And this is per the post titled, iPhone 6 production by the numbers. 100 production lines, 200,000 workers, 540,000 iPhones a day. Per the 540,000 number, quote, we have been churning out 140,000 iPhone 6 Pluses and 400,000 iPhone 6s every day, the highest daily output ever, but the volume is still not enough to meet the pre-orders, said a person familiar with the matter, unquote. Nothing sounds that shocking, Steve. Apple's best quarter to date was the year ago fourth quarter with, in the calendar fourth quarter, with 51 million iPhones sold or 560,000 iPhones sold a day. The 540,000 number, if anything, sounds a bit low because they want to have an up, up. Now, granted, that 560,000 was some backlog, but that said, 540,000 number, completely reasonable would be actually be surprised if it is that low. I'm guessing it's higher. Uh, will be interesting to see how long before Apple gets to supply balance on the iPhone 6 Plus, which seems to be the one right now in shortest supply. One rumor I will go over on the next episode or the one after is that Apple is shutting down the Beats streaming service. Yes, by the way, there was a transition to a different story there. Uh, if true... I can't say I'm shocked. Again, more on this one when it is more than just a rumor. Let's talk privacy. Tim Cook and Apple posted up a message from Tim Cook on their site with regards to Apple's commitment to your privacy. So you say privacy, it sounds more, well, more elegant. This is a very nice message from Apple laying out their privacy policy and philosophy for you. But here is the part I liked, and what stands Apple out from Google and others. Quote, our business model is very straightforward. We sell great products. We don't build a profile based on your email content or web browsing habits to sell to advertisers. We don't monetize the information you store on your iPhone or in iCloud. And we don't read your email or your messages to get information to market to you. Our software and services are designed to make your devices better, plain and simple, unquote. I do recommend you look for the link in the show notes for episode 322 titled Apple Privacy and take a read. This is why I am proud to be an Apple fanboy. Thanks to Tom D for the heads up on this next one. Seems that the default browser and Android versions older than 4.4, or put another way, the default browser for over 75% of Android users has a little problem. It has a major vulnerability that allows malicious websites to get around critical security features in Android and take control of the user's authenticated sessions on other sites. <laughs> anyway, they said Android and security features in the same sentence. It's kind of funny. So what this means is Android users 
that have multiple browser windows open. If they hit the hacker's website, they could look into your other open windows, say webmail or banking info, and then get access to all your info. Sweet. Again, this just affects only 75% of Android users and only those using the default browser. Oh, snap. That is a lot of Android users affected. And of course, this was front page news and about all the security issues for Android, right? Yeah, all the new sites, front page, right? Uh, no. My only guess to why very minor or obscure iOS security issues or potential issues get front page news and major Android security issues do not is that the tech press just accept Android as being not secure, but they demand iOS to be secure. I mean, that's the only thing that makes any sense. There was a pretty good article in Network World that wrapped up the summer of discontent for Android security. In the article, they go over some of the issues that came out this summer, like the Black Phone Credential Hijack, a report that came out finding major Android apps failing at basic security, the Kohler ransomware on porn sites, fake ID issues, the self-might and samsapo.a self-replicating text message worms, and Talrot. If you want to learn more about these security issues for Android, look for the link titled Browser Vulnerability Caps Rough Few Months for Android Security in the show notes for episode 322. Or you can just sit back and relax knowing you made the right and secure choice when you chose iOS. Just saying. Hi, Rob. Shannon in Fountain Hills. I just uh, updated my old clunky 4S to iOS 8 last night and been reading all of the different posts on Google+. Like I've said on Google+, my only problem really is Facebook is loading a little slow, although Facebook pretty much always loaded slow, just not this slow. But other than that, I've got great experience. I just took a 30-minute time-lapse video outside, which I thought was really cool, just of the wind blowing and the clouds moving by. That was really cool. Uh, I love the new keyboard with the uh, quick type. Uh, the... Uh, when you go to the app switcher, the, the quick reply for the people up in the top, I love that. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely loving the, the update. So far, so good. Just wanted to let you know. Take care, man. Later. Bye. Oh, yeah, Rob. One more thing. I just wanted to let you know I haven't ordered my iPhone 6 black or space gray, rather, 64 gig from Verizon. They're showing October, I think it was 17th as delivery day. Although she told me it could certainly be sooner, but they would have it to me by October 17th is, is a date they set. So I'm super excited watching everybody else's uh, videos of their six. Just, just can't wait. So I wanted to add that as well. Thanks. Take care. Goodbye. Shannon, thanks for the feedback. And as I said earlier, folks, if you have a favorite feature with iOS 8, favorite new feature, let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. I have a friend that's going to become an expat in Portugal. She'd like to buy the right unlocked iPhone 6 or 6 Plus before moving in January. Which carrier's phone would be the correct one to buy considering her destination and eventual European travel plans, regards Steve R. Steve, I don't know about Portugal. Uh, so if someone in Portugal can let us know which is the correct one based on the main carriers that you have there, 
give us a call, shoot us an email, let us know for Portugal, which is the correct phone, uh, what people recommend bringing over from the U.S. Hi, Rob. I am trying to download the PDF in, of iOS 8 battery saving tips. Um, the PDF won't open in any of the apps displayed. I also can't seem to find the download link on your website. Might be a bug in the app. Regards, Colin W. Colin, it is a bug in the app with regards to working with iOS 8. Worked fine in iOS 7, but not with iOS 8. So you can no longer open it in iBooks and then print it out. That is a pain. So if anyone needs the, uh, the iOS 8 battery savings tip, PDF or the recommended uh, procedure for updating to iOS 8 and you want to print it out, email me todayinios at gmail.com uh, and I will go ahead and send you those PDFs. Let me know which one you want. And yes, our devs are looking into this to see what we can do in the meantime to get this working. If it's on our end or if this is just not going to work with uh, iOS 8 until they do a patch. So, but we are looking into it. Hi, Rob. Do not update to Twitter's new update. So many bugs. Stick with the current version. Regards, Chris in London. Thank you, Chris. I am going to do a little warning here, and this has to do with third-party USB cables in MacBooks. I had a third-party USB cable and an official one, both plugged into my MacBook on Sunday night. I was charging my wife's iPad mini retina and my iPhone 6 Plus when I noticed the 6 Plus was not showing up on the computer. It was connected with the third-party USB light to lightning cable. So I switched them around, and poof, the MacBook went dead. I mean, it looked like dead and unlike the Lord not coming back dead. The green amber light on the MagSafe charger was not showing up at all. First, I actually thought maybe I tripped the outlet, and then I checked it, and all was okay. Then thought, okay, it was the power cord, or, you know, and so I tried the other one that I have, still same thing, no light. So eliminated those options. Started reading online on my iPhone, which I luckily could still get online with, uh, and found out that third-party USB cords can do this to MacBook Pros. And some say it will fry your logic board, or so they are, were told by repair shops. Others suggested doing an SMC reset or an SMC bypass, which I tried and neither worked. Finally, I opened it up and decided to try disconnecting the battery from the MacBook's main board and then connect the power cord with the battery disconnected, kind of shock it back to life. And that worked, <laughs> to my surprise, because I was sitting there going, oh, how am I going to show up this week? But I want to warn you about third-party USB to lightning cords and not to connect them to MacBook Pros, especially 2011, 2012 model years. And reading online, it seems to be for a lot of the MacBooks have this issue. Uh, so best, if you get a third-party USB cord, just use it for charging through a wall outlet and not plugging it into your MacBook Pro or Air for that matter. But if you do get that issue that I had, remember to disconnect the battery and then, re then connect the power cord while the battery is disconnected to revive it. Hi, Rob. This is Ricardo from California. I just have a quick tip for those who are upgrading to iOS 8 um, who are visually impaired uh, that use voiceover. This is very important. When upgrading to iOS 8, you need to make sure that the status cell option in voiceover settings is turned off. 
If you're a visually impaired user who uses VoiceOver, this is definitely very important because when I upgraded to iOS 8, I did it to the computer and restored my, my uh, from my backup after I um I upgraded and that backup contained the setting where my status cell was on. And this caused the voiceover to not work. This is a known issue and it's detailed on the Apple Viz website under a blog post that they did. But um this is one this is one bug that I exp- that I um uh, that I experienced firsthand and I didn't know, so I did some research and I saw this. To prevent this from happening, make sure your um, status cell option is turned off under settings, general, accessibility, voiceover, and braille. Turned off, turn off status cell, and then you can safely upgrade to iOS 8 with no problems with voiceover. And if indeed you forget to turn off status cell, you can have a sighted person turn it off for you. Restart your phone by, um, by holding the power and home buttons for about 10 seconds, and it should work again uh, if you do forget it. So you can have a sighted person fix it. It's possible that, you know, if you forget, just have somebody sighted to help you. Uh, so thank you. I love your podcast, and I hope you are doing well. And I hope that all people were able to upgrade uh, to iOS 8 when it came out. I was able to download iOS 8 in about 30 minutes, and um, Everything worked flawlessly except for the aforementioned bug that I experienced. So, again, love your show. Have a good night. Ricardo, thank you for that tip. Hi, Rob. It's Paul G. in Lawrenceville. And I thought I'd give you some input on something you mentioned in the last episode and the one before that. It was regarding upgrades and also using the Apple Store app to do upgrade a phone, as well as the ordering experience. Um, you had noticed that you couldn't tell if you could get an upgrade with just a contract, I think, is what you were saying, or the plan where you have to pay monthly to get annual upgrades. Interestingly enough, um, when the iPhone 6s went on sale, I got up at the normal hour in the Eastern time zone and logged on to the Apple Store app, no problems, found the phones that I wanted, everything was available for day one delivery or get it at the store and I clicked upgrade my phone and sure enough it gave me two options. It was smart enough to know that I could take the two-year contract option, this is with AT&T, or do the uh, annual upgrade where you pay the monthly monthly charge for it. So I just clicked the two-year upgrade, everything went through fine. Um, I'll be picking it up down at the mall and something I noticed they're going to have two lines I asked the store reps there they're going to have a line for people that didn't pre-order and give them the digital token that you mentioned and they're gonna have a separate line in another area for people who did pre-order they're gonna try and meter it um, so that it's sort of a fair uh, waiting factor depending upon how long the line is they might take two people from one line then one out of the other but apparently they're going to try and staff everything they have no genius bar appointments I'd checked that out earlier and so they're gonna put every every person that they have on staff into fulfilling iPhones and I hope it'll go well uh, the only thing I couldn't get I wanted to get two of them one for my wife and I couldn't get the iPhone 6 plus from the moment they went on sale, it seems like they went on to that three-week availability. The people at the store say they will have some for sale, 
uh, for people who want to stand online, no pre-order, but we'll wait and see how that works out. So I thought I'd share that input with you. Keep up the good work. We really appreciate it. And I'll find a way of PayPaling you a buck towards the Get Rob on iPhone 6 Plus fund. I think that's a great idea. Have a good one. And thanks for all that you do in keeping us up to date, especially those hints and tips with iOS 8 and how to save your battery. Paul, thanks for that feedback. And hopefully it goes smooth at the different Apple stores in the 22 countries that are going to be launching the iPhone this weekend. If you are in one of the 22 countries that's getting the iPhone this weekend and you're waiting in line, please make a recording on your iOS device while you're waiting in line and email it in. Let us know which country, which store you're at, and and then let us know the experience. I'd like to hear how it goes in other countries. So again, don't uh, hold back. You know, Yeah, we had the launch for nine countries, but there's 22 countries going this weekend, and I'd love to hear from some of you at those different countries that are waiting online for your iPhone come this Friday into the email bag and we have a warning here hey rob fishing warning for the listeners got this email today thought your listeners should be warned again thanks for the show regards guy and that email started with the subject line ios 8 update and in the body quote dear customer due to recent updates we are asking many of our customers to confirm their information we are making sure we have correct information on file and that you are the rifle account holder. Failure to confirm your identity may result in your account being suspended. Verify now from the link below. And the link shows a URL of www.icloud.com slash confirmation.php. And then there's more of the email. So basically, they're trying to check you into thinking it's iCloud. It's obviously not iCloud. You will never get an email from Apple to click on a link to verify your information or from anyone else. So obviously be very leery of any email links like that uh, when they ask for you to go to something. And Guy, thanks for the heads up on that. And sadly, some people are going to fall for this and people are going to give up their information and people are going to, bad guys are going to use that information to get into iCloud and then people are going to say, look, iCloud's not secure. No, people are just not secure with the passwords. Any system that is password protected, when you give up your passwords willingly, well, that security is gone. Hi, Rob. I'd like to make a comment regarding the suggestion from a few of the listeners that smaller capacity devices are fine these days because we now have iTunes Match and iCloud to access our music, etc. I'm not sure about other countries, but here in Australia, data costs are not cheap. So having mega gigs of music in the cloud does nothing for us. Please acknowledge that on your show uh, so that global users and listenership understand as well while on the subject referring to dates by seasons like due in early fall tells us nothing down under apple is guilty why not just mention a month that is much more global i do like show and have been listening on and off for years i find it a little long however so when unlistened shows pile up i tend to listen to the latest and scrap the rest thanks for listening to my rant regards joe d well joe let's see we're at an hour and 42 minutes in so i'm guessing you're figuring this is a little long but hey i put your message here so uh hope you listen this long to find out that it actually got in the show hi rob this is brian in austin texas i just uh this morning found a little uh hidden trick when using hey siri I know that to initialize that, you have to have the iPhone plugged in and have iOS 8 installed. But I did that, 
And this morning when I was driving in my car, I uh, activated Siri with my, by pressing the home button. And then after she played my request, which was to play a song, uh, the little Siri icon was still on my screen. And just to try it, I said, hey, Siri. And she responded again. And it wasn't plugged into a power supply. So it seems that as long as the Siri uh, icon is still showing on your screen, whether it's the lock screen or, or otherwise, she's still listening to you. So uh, give that a try. You don't have to have it plugged in. And if you want to make a quick change to something you just asked her, you can do it. All right. Have a great day. Thank you, Brian, for that feedback. For anyone trading in, giving away, or selling their iPhones, you need to make sure you clear them out beforehand. And in a nutshell, here's how to wipe that puppy clean. Of course, first, make sure you back everything up to your computer or to your iCloud account so that you have all the data. Next, to wipe it clean, the first step is to go to Find My iPhone under iCloud and turn it off. Then go to Settings, General, Reset, Erase All Content and Settings. Then you know what? Do it again. Then you can go and give it away. But make sure you turn off Find My iPhone, then go into Settings, General, Reset, Erase All Content and Settings, and do that wipe. Hi, Rob. This is Rob from Hebrew, Kentucky. Hey, Rob. I just uh, went Friday, uh, 5 a.m., to pick up my iPhone 6 at Best Buy. I was the first one there. A few people came up behind me. I waited in line. I love my iPhone 6. There was one guy behind me who waited the whole time to get a 6 Plus. They had zero in stock. Would have been nice if somebody came out and kind of let the crowd know that they had zero in stock. Kind of felt bad for that guy. But anyway, I love my iPhone 6. And what I was going to tell you is that I sold my iPhone 5. It was a 32 gig on Craigslist the same day for $300. Okay, so I paid $300 for that phone. So for two years, I owned that phone, sold it for what I had in it. So I owned that phone for two years for free. So if there's somebody who says, what can an iPhone do that an Android can, I would say holding its value is, uh, is one of those things on the top of that list for me. Uh, I did the same thing with my iPhone 4. I turned around and actually sold it for more than what I had paid for it. So uh, people say, oh, you're giving all your money to Apple. You know, you have your Android fanboys. Yeah, I am giving money to Apple, but I fare pretty well with reselling these things. Uh, anyway, I love the, uh, the new iPhone 6, and I... Uh, I hope that all the rest of your listeners do, too, their new devices. All right, thanks for what you do with the show. Intuit, the email bag we shall traverse. Hey, Rob, I was able to install iOS 8 last week in the middle of the night with no issue, worked swimmingly, but I've run into a few issues with iTunes Radio since the update. When I'm listening to it, it'll start to skip like a CD. Very strange, and on my iPhone 5S, it seems like the play-pause button on the lock screen shrunk to the size of a kernel of corn. It's near impossible to press the first time around. As I listen primarily in the car over Bluetooth, it's very frustrating. On to the things that I like the most. I love the widgets in the notification center. I currently have the weather channel and sky guide in there. It's awesome being able to pull down the menu and quickly be able to see the weather and when the moon and planets are visible. Siri has gotten plenty nifty. and I have my phone plugged in while at work. I can quickly say, hey Siri, text my wife. How's the daughter doing? It'll send it off. Pretty cool. And finally, being able to use Touch ID to make purchases on Amazon and to unlock 1Password is another great feature. I'm sure I'll write again when I discover some of the more cool things. 
Keep up the great work, Alex from Connecticut. And way too funny, if you heard there was a little beep in there, and I looked over and my iPhone 6 Plus had heard me say, hey Siri, and started writing a text to my wife saying what Alex had just said in there, <laughs> and it was ready to send it. Too funny. So you got to watch out when you say, hey Siri, because it'll hear you and it'll pick it up and it'll start doing it. So uh, yeah, it's a good feature, but got to be watched out uh, when, when you say, hey Siri, and it's plugged in, which my iPhone 6 was. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the timely push notification. I was backing up my phone in preparation of downloading the new operating system, iOS 8.0.1. I am waiting now for your next push notification to download and let me know it's okay. Regards, John C. See, this is why you need the free TII app. Get it, get it now. It's free. And make sure you have push notifications turned on so when stuff happens like today, you can be warned not to do the update. Jonathan here of formfilmguys.com. I had a couple of questions about getting an iPhone 6. The first is with regard to the unlimited AT&T data plan that I have, grandfathered and dating back to the iPhone 3G. I was wondering if that would continue to be grandfathered. The second question is with regard to my renewal date and purchase date. My understanding is that I cannot pre-order an iPhone for November as I have a renewal date of November 1. My understanding is that I need to wait until November 1 in order to place an order. That will force me to wait quite a while to get a shipped iPhone. If anybody knows of a way to pre-order an iPhone with a subsidized price in advance of the renewal date, that would be useful information for me. Thanks. Jonathan, sadly, I don't think you can pre-order until your anniversary date. So what you are afraid of, I think, is the reality. Per keeping your unlimited plan, yes, you can order the iPhone 6 and still keep your unlimited plan so that you're not going to for it be forced out of your plan. But sadly, you're not going to also be able to order until you hit your anniversary date. If someone knows for sure that those answers are not correct, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. I would like to send out a request to all of those on iOS 8 that are using a third-party keyboard or keyboards. Which one or ones have you tried and which one have you settled on? Why do you like that one versus the others? And uh, send the feedback on your favorite ones and not-so-favorite third-party keyboards to todayinios at gmail.com, or better yet, call it into the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. I will work to bring together all of those responses on the next couple of episodes. Uh, I think the next episode might just be an all-listener feedback episode because I didn't even get to half the listener voicemails for this episode and I got to maybe 10 to 15% of the emails sent in. So a lot of listener feedback we didn't get to on this show. I am going to be in L.A. and Texas during the next week, the L.A. Podfest on the 26th to the 28th, and that's in Los Angeles. And then I hope to see some of you there. So any podcasters going to be out there at the L.A. Podfest or listeners of podcasters, please come by the Lipson booth, say hi. Then I do a 180 and go from the very blue comedy podcast event to WFX conference, which is a church conference, and that one's in Dallas, Texas, and it's for the audiovisual people on church side. 
and that's on the 1st and 2nd of October. So no episode next week. Although I'm going to try to put together, um, again, I'm going to try to put together a listener feedback one, but probably not going to get up next week. It'll probably be the beginning of the week after that. But make sure you check the TI app. We'll try to get something up there as extra content. If you are going to be at WFX in Dallas, Texas, please come by the Lipson booth and say hi. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free seven-day trial. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show and for the free offer. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcome. I am always looking for a new artwork to feature that you have created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And thanks again to Audible for supporting this show. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash TII for your free audiobook download. And finally, there is a new and updated TII app that is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. Please go right now and download the TII app. Yes, you, right now. No, not a few minutes from now. Right now, as you listen to the outro music. Finally, a big, big, big thank you to Scott B., Patrick H., Paul G., Rahan A., Javier M, Renee Van B, Robert S, Amico F, Las Vegas Bid, Nicholas B, Eric S, Keith Y, Missy D, Tracy M, and Peter E for their donations via PayPal towards my iPhone 6 Plus purchase. Thanks all for helping make this upgrade possible. If anyone else would like to donate, there is a donate button on the front page of todayinios.com. Scroll down on the right-hand side and you will see it there. Just donate to or of course, you can just donate to rob at podcast411.com. That's what that button will help you do. Thanks again to all those that helped out. It is greatly appreciated. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today and iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.